thankfully, like over over the past like shit, fourteen episodes, it's gotten definitely. You get a little bit more used to it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you hear me? Hear yep. me good? Yeah, we yeah, good. We sure. good. Bring it just a, try to bring it a little closer. So hold the table and then like move it. There you go. So what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, bro. Yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you like uh, living in El Paso? Uh, it's different. Like, I mean, being in New Mexico, we used to come up here all the time. Yeah. In Silver City, we ain't had nothing but Walmart, so we used to come up here, go to the mall. But having to live here, it's different. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't go out, so none, none of that really changed. Yeah. Because I mean, there ain't really much to do, but that that didn't affect me. It's just like the weather. Yeah. I, think I get used to that. But you know, so you you never really went out like uh nah, like to bars or nah, anything like I, that. I when I do, I gotta have a certain group of people around me. Yeah, just in case. I'm I, I'm kind of I'm paranoid when I go out. Yeah. So if I'm not with the group of people that I know, I'm I'm I just I just like really yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Damn. So like, what do you what do you feel when you when you're outside like that? When you're like you just like paranoid of like shit that might go down or like yeah just, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I, when I go out, I want to be comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm good with having a, a, a good time. It's just when you go outside, you know, people are just going to be people. So yeah. if something does go down, I want to be with the right people that I know. All right. I'm, yeah. I, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good. Because that, that's you know? big, right? Like, the people you're, you're with is, like, they... You want to be with the people that are going to handle the situation the right way, right? And the, the right way and the way that I'm going to handle it. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to, like, second guess. If I do something and then I'm second guessing, are they... Are they going to be on the are same they gonna, Are we on the yeah. same page? You know what I'm saying? So, I only got maybe three or four people I could really trust like that, for real. Yeah. Um, like, my brothers, obviously, and then some of my friends back home. But, yeah, it's just... Like, I go out... Me and Frankie go out all the time. Yeah. But that's different vibe because I'm with my girl, so... We just chilling, but yeah, you know when you go to a bar, you got you know, your homies is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you for know, sure. You want to fill it out a little <laughs> bit. You just want to fill it out. Yeah. So just uh, just a little intro. So yeah, yeah. obviously, you're, this is the MVP for those of you guys listening. The MVP podcast, the most vulnerable player, and this is episode fourteen. Um, and today I'm sitting with Marquise Sumter. Um, so basically, how I know Marquise, uh, or he goes by Keese. We'll call him Keese. I know Keese is, um, so basically my sister went to Western New Mexico. My sister, Stephanie, she played volleyball out there. And then, um, basically Keese went to Western also, but you, you played football, yep. uh, you're on the football team. And, um, and also frankly, uh, Frankie, you're, are you guys married? Fiance. No, fiance. fiance. Sorry, yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. So your his, uh, fiance Frankie was my sister's roommate and best friend during college. So um that's kind of how i say i probably met you when i was young though like i met <laughs> diego when he was young so what 2023 me and frankie been together for 12 years so yeah young yeah like, young the, like, the young, young <laughs> like well eight years ago I, I think i first met you when me and frankie were on a year i think yeah so about 11 i was years probably ago. like 14 or yep, 15 yep nope for yeah, sure, for sure. I was still hooping with y'all at an open gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was way back. Damn, yeah, I had to think about that. Like, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Damn, now I'm, I feel old now. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think we've like seen each other like just here and there. But we've never really got a chance to like sit down no. and actually like just really talk, right? Yeah. Um. So it's I'm glad that we're able to do this, especially on episode number fourteen. That's your number. <laughs> yeah, four fourteen. Uncle, my uncle who passed. 
uh, when I was in high school, he wore 14. So that's why I switched. So yeah. my junior year of high school, sophomore, junior year, 14 has been a number. So we, I know we walked in episode 14. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's destiny right there. <laughs> that's destiny. Yeah. So, um, you, so before you came, you went to Western, you, uh, you're from California, right? Yep. San Diego, yeah. oh, Oceanside, but San Diego County. Okay. For those who don't know. So Oceanside is, that's a, like a neighborhood in San Diego? It's a, like? basically like a, a city inside of a city. Mm. Oh, I thought you were always, I always thought from, you were from LA for some reason, but you, you, you're, you've always been from like, you never moved. Yeah, no, yeah. never. Well, we born in Oceanside, lived in Fallbrook, um, different places in California to make a lot of that stuff, but born in, born in Oceanside, my family's from Oceanside. So, mm-hmm. uh, usually when, when someone asks me, I just say Oceanside or I'll say San Diego cause people don't know Oceanside. Yeah. But Oceanside is my born born place, and then San Diego. If y'all don't know, don't know about Oceanside. Yeah, yeah. and w- what was that? What was living in that area like? It's like Oceanside, and because I know a lot of people listen to are like either from El Paso yeah. or like Texas. So. Oceanside is the tourist city mm-hmm. of San Diego. So we got the beach. Um, well, it's diverse uh, military town as well. So a bunch of different people you meet out, out in Oceanside. But it's I mean it's cool. It's uh it's kind of surfer ish vibe yeah. out there did yeah. you ever surf nah i, no. I, don't, I don't even know how to swim <laughs> i don't even know how to, i don't know how to swim beach is not my only went to the beach to work out but yeah, yeah nah i'm cool, I'm cool. <laughs> on that yeah yeah uh, there, there's a lot of uh factors you can't control in the water so i yeah. i definitely understand that shit <laughs> yeah I, how, people ask me all the time you don't go to the beach i'm like when you're from there and you see it all the time it's like nah, yeah, i mean it's cool used to yeah it, like yeah. It's, it's cool but yeah, like I used to go, the high school I went to, um, predominantly white. So all my all my friends from over there I used to go to the beach all the time. So I, yeah. I would go with them. But yeah, I yeah I don't I didn't go because I didn't swim. So I just I just figured you know yeah you know go to go for bonfires and stuff. But other than that, the mm-hmm. beach the beach is cool. It's yeah, cool. and we lived by the beach when I was younger too, and it just you know mm-hmm. it just was a thing that was there when we was, was living over there. So yeah, and how was like your uh, what was like your your house like. Um, yeah, what, what was like your upbringing like? Because you you grew up with uh, four brothers, right? Four or four boys, four. one girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So upbringing was cool. I mean, not rich, not poor. Um, everyone played sports. Mm-hmm. Um, sports was the um, was everything. I, I is, is everything in our family, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, uh, you guys are all athletes, it, right? Every from top to bottom, it's either it's basketball, football, track, mm-hmm. and it I, from what five or six we all just started mm-hmm. started with football and then we kind of just transitioned to other little things but it was really sports um grandpa's a pastor so we had that in our life as well with the church um so it all kind of like wrapped up in one but mm-hmm. just for, just from what i can remember um it's just been sports sports yeah. school um always out doing stuff never at home uh never never in trouble pretty much or never mm-hmm. wanted to be in trouble um yeah. but yeah just i mean just with the with with my brothers, you always had, I always had friends, um, with them being around, and then with our little sister, she kind of had that protective, um, kind of bodyguardish feel from us. So yeah, and we're all shoot. Just to give a background, we're all 15 months apart. So I'm the second oldest, and I'm 32. My older brother's 31, 31 uh, or 33. Sorry, then we got 31 and 30. So you so, guys are all really really close. Yeah. And, so in high school, it was a senior junior sophomore freshman damn that's you know, crazy you know yeah. and then so <laughs> you know in college to me and tj went to and juan went to the same school so it's mm-hmm. 
we're all kind of close, so um, that kind of helped us out a lot yeah. growing up as well. So, you know, just kind of like that. And what, what's that, uh, like, growing up with brothers, what's that relationship like? Like, was it a competitive household? Was it, uh, like, what was that? It's, com- like? it's the best word, to, the best way to describe it is competitive. Yeah. It's like, we had sports and we were on the same team, obviously, um, but we would compete as far as board games. We played video games. It's just a bunch of boys being boys. <laughs> Um, we hardly ever fought, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like we never got into, I won't say never, but we won't, you didn't get in a lot of physical altercations a lot. Um, we had each other's back majority of the time. So it's just, just competitive. Like we, it would get to a point where we get to that, that spot, a lot of trash talk, Yeah. but it never got far. So it, it was, it's always love. Always just, just, just a bunch of boys being boys, but add, add like that blood love to mm-hmm. it type feel. And it just was like, all right. We we know at the end of the day we all got each other's back, but when we doing stuff, or it's you versus me, it's him versus him. But at the end of the day, it's all good. Yeah. So that's dope. I don't think yeah. There's not much that can like uh, that's really like like a bro- like a brother's relationship, mm-hmm. and the fact that you like you guys got to go to college together too, and like just experience like a totally different way of life yeah. in another place. I I bet it helped a lot having them out there, huh? Yeah, because TJ was there before I was, so. Um, when I took my visit out there, that kind of was the deciding factor for me. Um, but having him there, it made it easier. And then that feeling that I had with TJ, Juwan had that feeling with both of us there. Mm-hmm. So um, it it made it easier. Obviously, people people knew TJ, so um, my transition from high school to, to college was easy. Um, I didn't have to make friends by myself when I yeah. got there. So um, it was cool. I always Me and TJ are the closest, so always having him shoot pretty much majority of my adult life pretty much what made it made it easier for me to kind of transition into yeah that type of thing, so that's good and what would you say in your opinion or from what you can see like how, how did sports uh help you growing up and what, what do you think is an advantage to like just like being in sports or just being in really just in anything that you kind of are working towards something or have a, have a goal in mind. Like yeah, sport, sports for me was like, sports for me, I, I tell everyone all the time, it's like my, it was like, it was not like, it was my first love. It was something that I could always go to and it loved me back. Mm-hmm. So um, playing sports, it helped me become confident. Um, I was, we were pretty good. So that, that helped out a lot, but um, gave me confidence, um, able to, uh, help me become a leader in, in some sense, not having to always be the rah-rah guy, um, just kind of lead by example. Um, I learned how to do that by playing sports. Um, people always looked at me to lead them and, and make a play or do whatever, so I had to kind of grow into that um, when I was growing up. Um, just like the camaraderie of it, uh, being able to meet different people, um, show different people type of things, but all my friends that I have now are from sports. Mm-hmm. Um, besides my brothers, I got like three or four close friends, but they all played football with me, um, either high school or college. So having that, I was able to kind of maneuver a little bit easier. You know, in high school, when you're the jock guy, people kind of um, gravitate towards you. So that, that made it, just, it makes life easier for you. Um, good, if, good, bad or indifferent. If you're a good player, bad player, whatever. But just being in that team atmosphere makes um, going out and doing your other um, things that come with life it just makes it easier um, yeah i was able i'm able to talk to people um I'm, I'm a shy quiet guy but i'm able to um with football 
um, and coaching and taking that type of stuff from different people. I'm able to like um, express myself a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it just it just kind of helped me come out my shell. Um, on the field, I could be somebody else for two or three hours. Um, I was the total opposite of what I am off the field. I'm I'm loud. I'm confident, cocky. I kind of mm-hmm. have. I'm like right at that line. I teeter a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm able to do that for those three hours, and then once I got off the field, I can just go back to being myself. So. Football kind of helped me grow that confidence where I could be another person for three hours. I could just be rah rah. This mm-hmm. guy, I'm talking trash to the coach. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it all in three hours. But I knew when it was done, I can just go back to being me. So yeah. sports kind of helped me just kind of have a have a balance of um, just life of of being able to be respectful, have that type of feel to yourself, but also I could speak my mind and let you know that I'm better than you. I think mm-hmm. this, I think that. Yeah. So sports is, if you, if you don't have to be good at it, I, I, I tell everyone all the time, pick a sport and just play for four years. Don't, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the worst. Just be a part of a organization for four years and mm-hmm. then just see how your life will be when it's all done. High school, college, whatever you're going to do, be a part of something for a, a long period of time. And it'll, it'll open up a lot yeah. of different doors for you. I think, yeah, like you said, it definitely teaches you and it just teaches you a lot of different things. I think the, I think it's the main thing I think I got from it was really, it just built like a framework and like, just like foundation of, I guess, discipline because like when I left sports, it was kind of like, you have so much other time and like, you kind of just feel, you'd really feel the need to kind of do something because Mm -hmm. like with sports, you're just always, you have a routine. And so like, Mm -hmm. I felt like when I left, like when I left finally playing, like I really needed a routine or just something to do. Cause I was like, I'm just not used to just like just being, you know, like I'm just, I I felt (laughs) the same way. And after college, right. uh, When I was going for like the league and stuff, and I, it took me, what, four or five years to even get a shot. But I was so locked in on the routine. And then having to go to work and having to find a routine was so hard for me. Um, but what it did, though, is the work ethic part of it. Like, even now, um, I, I played with the Arizona Rattlers uh, IFL team. And with professional football, you can get cut day to day. I took someone's spot came in took their spot but then when you're there and you they never you never saw them again never it's just um we call them we call them the grim reaper anyone who's played professional sports the guy who comes when they say uh we need you to bring your playbook the grim reaper comes once he gets your playbook that's that's it damn we call him the grim reaper so when they would come in and they would grab a guy hey i need you to bring your playbook it's like he just got here yesterday and they're taking your spot so when you have that feeling of it could be gone in a second it makes you work harder. So now with work outside of football, I have that same feeling like um, I'm doing something. I used I used to work at Dairy Queen. I used to want to be the best fry cook in the back because I just felt like someone was going to take my job. You yeah. know, so it, that it, Grim Reaper was coming yeah, to take your shit. <laughs> and it gave me that feeling like I just need yeah. to be the best at all times. I can't really take any breaks. Um, I got to try my best at all times. So that's the biggest part from from my experience that i took from just sports and sports in general is this no matter what you got to be the best if it's the the trash man to the ceo if if you're doing it you got to be doing it you know so just having that feeling of at any moment some guy can just come and take your spot it's just like okay no matter what i do in life 
I gotta be, I gotta be the best. So yeah, hell yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you, so yeah, you played in high school, and then <clears throat> what, what, were, what was your mindset like? For, for example, if you can remember, like senior year, like did you have a few different offers, or like what was your, what was your, what were you looking ahead to when, when you were? Yeah, so I was a dumbass in high school. <laughs> I, I was the, just for example, the booby miles guy where I just. Didn't work out. I had people doing my homework, all that mm-hmm. bullshit. But um, my plan was to go D1. That was my, my goal. Um, I had letters coming in for track and football, um, but I didn't have the grades. So um, it was JUCO, and then a couple of D2s had, had was looking at me. Um, Western New Mexico was one. Um, and the big reason why I chose that was because my brother was there. So I had a chance to go JUCO. Um, I only had to do a semester there, and I, I could have went D1. But... Um, my goal was to always be at a university when mm-hmm. I got out, of, got out of high school. I wanted to leave the nest. I wanted to go experience life when mm-hmm. I, after high school. So um, yeah. I didn't want to really be in California anymore. So um, ultimate goal was to go to university, um, yeah. D1. But uh, And you said you were like in high school. Would you say, because from my experience, at least playing sports, mm-hmm. there's some people that like are naturally like, for example, I played basketball. They don't even have to like be in the gym that much, but they're just naturally like they're just hoopers. Like they're good yeah. and like they still work, but like there's definitely other people that are outworking them. But for whatever reason, they can show up and they just like they're just nice. It's just natural. Or would you say you were kind of like that, or did you always like were you always putting work on in the field and then just classroom? You're just kind of like yeah, so. It was I was naturally gifted at football. I mm-hmm. will say that I was naturally fast. I. I could just I can just play ball, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't I never could just go and just walk on the field. Mm -hmm. That was never me. I did my football stuff, just not classroom stuff. Um, Weight room. I didn't really care about it because I knew I was faster or whatever. But as far as field stuff, I did. I did my extra um, like receiver and whatever, Mm -hmm. did all that stuff. But um, because classroom was where where I was bullshitting at. I was I was I was. I don't regret it because it. I mean, it taught me some stuff. But if I just did a little bit more, I would. I would. I would have been all right. But yeah. yeah, it was. It was the classroom part for sure. And I mean that. That does happen to. I mean, it's a lot. It happens a lot, you know. So, yeah. so you end up. You end up committing to Western, mm-hmm. right? And uh, did you end up playing like your your freshman year? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they. That's what kind of was was talked about when I was getting recruited. So, um, that was a goal of mine as well. Was I wanted to play right away? Didn't want a red shirt. Um, so then red shirt. And then after game five, I took a senior spot. They put me in. And then ever since that fifth game, my freshman year always started for the, for the, the next three or four, three and a half years at Western. So, and that's, uh, that's crazy. Cause I mean, just from, I mean, I didn't play in college. Um, but I have a lot of friends that played football mm-hmm. in college and like, that's pretty almost rare. Like you don't really yeah. don't like, even for even division two, like just, coming in and taking a senior spot and like starting your freshman year like mm-hmm. that's that's a hard thing to do so what what would you say like people who maybe have don't play college sports like what's something that not many people wouldn't or know about i think i will say is from d1 down to naia everyone is good mm-hmm. i think there's a misconception that if you don't go d1 you're not as good as a d1 guy uh, but my first ever meeting, we walked in. They had us in the locker room, all the freshmen. And then they had us go around the room. 
and everyone said their accolades, right? There are 70 guys in the room. Seven, 65 said first team all league, blah, 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 blah. Like just going through the whole thing. And at that moment, I was like, okay, everybody is good. No matter where I'm at, everyone is good. I think when you come in from high school and you're the best guy, you just think, all right, I'm, I'm going to walk in and do whatever. Um, but when I heard that, I was like, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then let me, I got to step it up just a little bit. I got to step it up a little bit. So I think a misconception is everyone thinks that, okay, I got to go. I got to go D1. If I don't go D1, I failed. But I'm, I'm telling you, we played D1 schools or D1 AA schools, and the only thing that we lacked was size. Mm-hmm. Everything else we matched up with. Um, but just the size part of it, whatever. But as far as sports and college, it's everyone is everyone is good. Every everybody from the first string guy to the fourth string, they were all. Someone was good on their. They were good and they were their best player in high school. So um, that's one thing that kind of opened my eyes when I first got there. It's like okay, I can't I can't take this I can't take this lightly at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for, from my understanding too, is like like you said, a lot of the the dudes on, on your squad are like, they have the skill to be able to play D1, but a lot of it is either like the size or like the grades. Yep. Yep. And yeah, but like a lot of them just go to develop, right? And mm-hmm. maybe get bigger, get a like slightly more, like just a little bit more explosive and like, or fix their grades and they can move, like they can jump right up, yep. right? Um, But like you said, like, I don't think people like, just the ability to play a college sport is like, the percentages of that are actually very low. Like people it, don't understand that. It, and people don't understand. Like I said, people don't understand that part is if not everyone gets to go to college it, or to play sports in college. I'll say that not everyone gets to play. So if you do get a scholarship from somewhere, that's, that's a feat in itself, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you all, when you're growing up, you always think, okay, I'm just going to apply here and I'm going to go get a scholarship here and do whatever. But, when you come to find out, okay, this college only has 40 scholarships, and then they gave you one. So that's kind of something that you kind of hold dear to your heart when you get there. It's like, okay, they chose me out of all the high school, all the high schools in, in the United States, all the players that play high school ball. I'm one of the 40 guys that they decided to bring here. So um, you kind of, it kind of humbles you a little bit. Um, but if you got something to you, it kind of brings another like level out of you it's like okay now i'm here now with the 40 of the best freshman guys that they think can play here so now let me show you why you think i'm one of the 40 and why i think i'm one of the 40 that should be here so and when you get there like just in honesty like is there what number of guys or percentage guys are actually like really like working like really putting in work Mm, or like they're because like I know there's people that just go to college and they're kind of just there doing is. like their bare minimum. There right? is. So yeah. if we got, I want to say 75% of the guys on any team, I've seen it for the basketball team, football team, any team in college, about 75% are actually there and want to be there. Mm-hmm. There's another 25% that are just there. And then those are the ones that kind of drop off. So my freshman class was 70. About time football started, we only had, 40 guys still there Damn, from so, summer. Oh shit. So it, it's, it's about, and then the, out of the 40 freshmen, only about 15 of those guys finished all four years at Western. Damn, so, so yeah. it's a, 
it's a learning it's a learning experience and especially if you don't have like i have my brother there um obviously i have my parents who who brought me up in a, in a way but um not having a support system while you're there through through that tough time of kind of you're you kind of become your own man at that point you know so um a big adjustment for me was with football you got to do your own laundry you got to wake yourself up like there's things that you don't think about when you're like i just want to leave and then you get there and it's like damn i'm i, I gotta i gotta put the quarters in the darn yeah. water you know <laughs> i gotta do the dryer i gotta make sure my clothes is done i gotta i gotta wake myself up i gotta iron my clothes it's like stuff that you took for granted kind of you kind of oh dang i gotta now i gotta step up so besides being there and playing your sport now the uh, the outside things you got to kind of worry about too so that takes a toll on people and then obviously it's just um as you're going it's just it's harder um high school you can kind of coast through but college it turns into a job i want to say kind of so yeah because that's literally besides class which is a lot of time like you literally are just doing like from the morning to like what's your what was your routine like Like, i was done with classes at two (laughs) o'clock in the college so and it wasn't like i was in class from eight to two it's on monday monday wednesday fridays it was a 50 minute block Mm -hmm. and i had four classes and then tuesday thursday it was an hour 15 block but only had two or three classes yeah so but you have like for example like with football do you have morning meetings or you have workouts or like so what's that yeah so with summer um, when there's no school, it's all football. So six o'clock to eight o'clock at night, it's nothing but football. You have meetings in the morning, you got lifting, then you got practice number one, and then you got some more meetings, and then you got practice number two, then you got the rest of the night, you got more meetings, right? And then you go to bed at 11, then you got to wake right, right back up at five. So um, that was the adjustment. And then during season, um, it kind of slows down a little bit. You got class during the day, um, lifting during the day, whatever, and then you got practice um, during the day. And then some meetings after that, but it kind of slowed down during school. But summer is where you, you that's that adjustment period. It's like, all right, first day, all right, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Second day, all right, I, can, I got it. Third day, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay. It's five o'clock every day. It, it takes a toll, but yeah, it, that, that, that schedule in the summer is where you kind of learn, like, okay, this is, this is a job. The coach yeah. is getting paid to win games, so he's taking it serious and yeah. it's like okay i gotta i gotta take it just as serious as, as he is so for sure and like the the relationship with your teammates is it because i know a lot of people they get to college and they realize like well i don't know maybe it's more at a juco because i have a homie that went juco and he was saying how like really everybody's just kind of not always but like a lot of people are there for themselves and like they're they're really just trying to keep their spot and like they don't care it's it's very cutthroat when it comes to like even your own team yeah and like I and I only I speak to maybe five or six guys from my football team at Western. So it's you you have a click, obviously. You have your guys that you click with. Um and then I I can kinda agree. I think at a university is a little bit different because you commit for four years, so you gotta kinda get to know the guys that are there. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously everyone has their groups, everyone does whatever. And um but I at least with our group, the receiver group. We always tried to help each other. That's good. Um, um, we we I think when you when you start to play, you kind of already know who's who's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of that kind of gets thrown out the window where everyone's trying to compete with each other. It's like okay, how can how can we all be really really good? So if someone goes down or something happens to someone, someone can just step right in and nothing changes. So 
I try to always help the freshman guys who came in, um, my young guys. I tried to help them as much as I can. And even the juniors and seniors who I came in with, I used to, I used to want to help them as much as I could too. But there is a selfish side to it where um, I think with team sports, it kind of gets misconstrued where if the, the team has to be really good, right? But let's say individually everybody is just really, really good. The team automatically becomes really, really good. So you have to kind of have that line where – yeah, everyone come and work out with me. But then mm-hmm. it's like, all right, today I'm by myself. I yeah. gotta, there's some things I don't want to show y'all because <laughs> I, I just need them to myself. But yeah. um, but then there's a there's like there's that fine line where everyone come in, let's, let's build some com- camaraderie. But then it's like, nah, not today. I gotta I gotta yeah. do this on my own. So for sure. And uh, when you when you like approach a game, were there any? Did you ever feel any? Um, did you feel the expectations or pressure to like perform or like what was? And how'd you deal with that if you did? Yeah, I, I did. I never got nervous because I over-prepared for games um, with film. I watch film all the time. Um, like I said, I did extra stuff on the side to where I just needed to be. I just wanted to be the best. But So on the field, I wasn't nervous about my play. But um, when you love something like that and it loves you back, you kind of just want to give it your all. So every time I played, I just never wanted to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I – would, I know, I, mean, I made mistakes, but – I just never wanted to come off as I just didn't care. Um, so um, before the games, I wasn't the hype guy. I listen to slow jams for the games. Like mm-hmm. I'm Trey. I'm like Trey. I'm like Trey songs. <laughs> I'm like that. I'm like that vibe before the game. So uh, that stuff. I, I'm mellow. It just was one of those where I knew I was going to play well, um, but in the back of my mind, I didn't want to play bad um, yeah. because um, people looking up to you. Um, People do put that expectation like Marquis supposed to be. This is after my freshman year, coaches were already like, You're the you're the guy. Mm-hmm. So you I need you to step up. So at nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, I'm I'm like, I gotta lead a group of guys. And I, I myself I have to be the you guy. You gotta lead twenty three, twenty four year olds, twenty five yeah, year olds. Yeah. And, and it's like those guys who come in from D ones who are twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, they're coming up to me saying, All right, what we gotta do? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now I I'm like I said, 18, 19, trying to tell a 25 year old what to do mm-hmm. or lead the group. So having that thrown on you is like, okay, how do I, how do I maneuver this without coming off away and being myself? I still gotta be a leader and teach you, but how can I do it in the way that I know how to do do that? Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm the jokester. I'm the smiley. I'm, I'm that type of guy. I'm not the rah rah yell. I can't do that. So. I wanted to kind of bring that to them, but also let them know that this is serious. Mm-hmm. Like this, there's a time for play, and then there's a time for just cutthroat work, which is mm-hmm. how this is how we're going to be. So I tried to bring that. Um, so in the game, it just kind of showed that I never was like I said. I'm, I'm not the pump up guy, do whatever. But um, in the game, you just knew. Okay, I I know Keith is ready. Yeah, Keith is ready. So I just I, I always wanted to come with that feeling, where anytime I stepped on. I felt however I felt, but everyone surrounding me, the crowd, the fans, whatever, they just knew when they came to the game, they were going to get something from me. Yeah. You know, so I wanted, I wanted them to leave like, okay, if anyone going to give me something, 14 going to give me something, you know, yeah, so I, sure. I wanted that feeling for, for everybody. And was that always there, like that needing to like over prepare, just be, um, really just like, where, where does that come from? You think? I don't know. I, people ask me this all the time, and I, I don't know. I, it started my after my freshman year of, of college. I never had that in high school. 
Um, and I think because high school came so easy, it's just, I just, you know, I was just out there. But after my freshman year, I don't know what clicked, but something clicked in me. Um, freshman going to uh, sophomore that summer, something clicked to where I was like, I gotta, I gotta do more. Like my athletic ability isn't going to take me as far as I want to go. Um, I always knew I wanted to go to the league. So after my freshman year, um, I knew coming from a D2, I had to be the best. Like I couldn't just be in the middle of the pack. I had to show that I was better than where I was at. So sophomore year, I just, okay. On the field, I could run, I could jump, I can do all that stuff. But how can I get a, create an edge for myself um, every play? And then people started introducing me, introducing me to film. Um, I was watching film just like how anyone else watches. Okay, this guy is doing that. That guy's mm-hmm. doing that. Okay, good. Um, but then I, I learned from just watching other receivers in the league, uh, how they talked about film is watching the nuances of the game. Okay. Um, for example, when the cornerback is in man, his back foot is back two two yards. Like little stuff like that. And you don't get that until you kind of start to. Yeah ask about it and then people start to tell you and then me i i at the receiver position it wasn't until my junior year when i got a coach that kind of taught me how to be a receiver um everything i ever did i learned i learned on my own i did my drills by myself i watched film on by myself so i was self-taught and i just like that sophomore year i just knew okay if i want to make it to where my idols is at i gotta be top notch yeah and it I went from 400 yards my freshman year to 700 yards my sophomore year to over 1,200 yards my junior year and then over 1,200 yards my senior year. So I knew it was working. You just have to kind of, you know, if someone has to, I didn't, I didn't have anyone to bring it out, bring it out of me besides my family, but they weren't there. So I knew I had to just kind of figure it out. When did you realize that you, you had the, you had what it took to like play pro? Um, shoot. When my first agent called me my senior year. So you, you didn't even I, think like before I, that? No, I, I, I knew you, you know that you're good, but when you're watching like the NFL, all that stuff, those guys just look really good when you're watching them. Um, so, and I knew the competition I was playing against wasn't considered the best. Um, so you kind of really don't know until someone else tells you, you know, so my coaches would tell me, obviously, they said, I mean, if you do what you're supposed to do, I think you can make it to the league. But my first agent called me during my senior year. I didn't send anything out. I didn't know how he knew knew about me, but he knew about me. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, when I got that call. And what's that call like? Like, what, what are they saying to you? Like? He would, so um, it's, I don't know if you know Steve Smith. Yeah. I, it was I, his agent. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he called me. He goes, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm with this. Um, we can't really discuss anything right now, but I just want to let you know um, I, I want to represent you and all that kind of good stuff, right? And funny thing is, I'm walking the I'm walking to lunch. I think I'm walking to lunch. I get this random number, and I don't ever answer those calls, but I just answered it. And he 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 was on the phone, and, I, and then once I hung up, it felt like my whole world like stopped at that moment. And right there, I was like, okay, I. I gotta okay. I can go. Mm-hmm. I can go. So you know, call my mom. Did all that stuff. But at, when he called me, I was like, okay. If he thinks that I'm good enough and he's Steve Smith's guy, then I gotta. I gotta make sure I. I. Um, I prove him right, and I keep doing. So what it made I you even want to go harder. It, it yeah. made me like. Ah, it just. 
as soon as he called me, I wanted to go run. I wanted to go do something on the field as soon as he called me. It was like that feeling where it was like, okay, now how can I get better? And so it just that at that point, like I said, at that point, it was just, okay, if, if he can see it, then maybe more people are seeing the same thing that he's seeing. Yeah. That, that thing about like when, when you first get your, that first, like it was obviously wasn't your first taste of success, but like it was a definitely one of the first breakthroughs you yeah. had. I mean, even just one phone call. Right. And when, once that happens, it's like that, like just rush of like just motivation mm-hmm. or it, like you said, it just makes you want to even go harder because yeah. either you don't, you just, you don't want to let the opportunity, I guess, like mm-hmm. just uh, fizzle out or go to waste. And it, and it's crazy. Cause like, like you said, you, you knew that you were good enough and like you, you've had the confidence, but I mean, sometimes it really just does take someone to like, you need that kind of like, all right, reassurance that, yeah, yeah. okay, I can really do this shit. Like, and yeah. I think, I think with, I think what sucks is like, I think a lot of people who actually have what it takes sometimes don't get that mm-hmm. from other people. And like it, I think sometimes we need that to kind of just keep on going, you know? Yeah. You, you, you want to have the confidence in yourself, obviously, but you don't want it to be borderline cocky, mm-hmm. like delusional. You know, yeah. so I think everyone should go into something thinking they're the best, but you may not be the best, but you need to have that mindset. But when someone else who a stranger, um, someone else who's just kind of in the in the field, but not for you and they can see it and they can tell you, OK, I've been around the block, so I know you got it. And then as you're going through the process, um, when I was going through the process of trying to make it to the league, I kept getting the same answer from everybody. Marquise is this. Marquise can do this. Marquise. Like so, once you keep hearing it, it's like okay, whatever I'm feeling is is a good. Is, I'm feeling the right thing. So mm-hmm. it makes you want to okay, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So just having that outside person who doesn't know me from a can of paint, whatever, can just say, hey, you got something to you. So yeah. once he called me and said that, okay. So if you see it, I wonder who else. I wonder yeah. who else can see it. Did Did you ever want to? prove anybody anything to anybody or was it always just more of like doing things for yourself and like just achieving or did was there a part of you that wanted to prove maybe somebody wrong or like just certain people that kind of doubted you or kind of like slept on you like did you ever have that kind of thing with you i have the thing i'm like a i'm an insecure confident dude Mm -hmm. so (laughs) myself i never want to prove anything i I know i know i can do it right but when people say whatever they say about me I always want to prove someone either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's usually I want to prove the person right who's always who's always had my back. But I've had a couple of people um, say I, I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. Um, so I always had this kind of chip on my shoulder. Like you're either I'm either too small or I'm too this or I'm too that. And so um, when they were saying those things, I just knew I had to be tough. I had to I had to show that I had this to me. I had that to me. Um, so the next time they see me, you know. I didn't really, I didn't bring anything up, but you know, yeah, you, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I always wanted to have that on somebody. Like when they see me the next time, whatever they said, now, now, now it doesn't you have see to, me. it doesn't have to be said. No, nah, we don't got to talk about it. But now you see me, you yeah. see what I did. So let's just, let's just leave it at, you know, yeah. let's leave it at that. So yeah, I, uh, myself, I, I know, I know what I got, but when someone says I can't do it, then I got it. I got to go do it. Mm-hmm. I, I have to. At, at no, at no matter what, I gotta yeah. get it done. So, that's always been like kind of. That's my motivation. Is I always use people's um, good, bad, whatever. I always kind of use that to 
to fuel whatever I got going yeah. on. Yeah. Sometimes I think that has like a bad, um, people can kind of uh, look at that as a negative thing. But for, I mean, I think for some of the most successful people, I think everybody has that little like, obviously you, you don't want that to drive you forever, but mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something that could get you going for sure. Yeah, especially yeah. when you first, mm-hmm. when you're starting out or just, even if you just had, need that little extra to, to just kind of get you over. Yeah. When, whenever you're like, you're kind of down or like, you just need to remind yourself. Yeah. Of that it's like shame. when you start to get complacent, yeah. it's like, dang, remember when that dude said that? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that. All right, all right. Yeah, that, hold on, hold on. Keys, get back. Remember when he said you're too small? It's like, <laughs> I used to get hit and all that. Ah, oh, man, you're too small. I used to just had to pop right back up, mm-hmm. show him that I'm tough. I played with um, partially torn ACL. Um, uh, I got my tooth knocked out, went back and played the next week. Like yeah. stuff like that, where yeah. it's like, if I didn't play, they were right. He's too small. He's not tough. It's like, all right. If I'm if I am too small, I got to be tough. You know. So um, that was that. That's just an example of people things that people take jabs at me. Oh, this okay. Well, then let me show you that I'm not. Yeah. You know, so so yeah. So you end up uh, so you, know, you get to your senior year, and then it's the end of the senior year. So what was that whole process like of trying to? finally get to the to the league it was ah, man it was it was fun it was i don't like to use this word but it was depressing it's stressful um when you know that you're good enough and then it doesn't happen the way you want it to it it takes a toll on you uh so after my senior year i do my workouts i do my pro days um had good pro days um after my First pro day, I had the Patriots and Chargers come up to so me. So what's, what's a pro day like? Like what's So a pro day is basically just a workout with people watching. So we did. And is there other receivers? Or, yeah, yeah, so it's other receivers. It's other linemen. It's a um, select group of guys that get to go. So a, a, usually a school has a pro day. Um, and then they bring their top guys, their top senior guys there. Whoever wants to get a look, they'll go. So um, my school didn't have one, so I went to USD's pro day. Um, they had their guys there, and then I was there with a couple of my guys. So. You know, you do you do bench and forties and all that stuff. So I knew the workout portion wasn't my thing. Um, but as soon as I got to the field is when I turned head. So every time I walked into a gym, people thought I was seventeen, eighteen, sixteen. That was high school, bro. <laughs> um, but as soon as we started doing forties and running routes, the whole mood changed. Yeah. So I remember that first time I did my pro day, I didn't bench and whatever. And then we got out and I did my first forty. I ran a four three. Damn. And then I had some, I had some people there. As soon as I ran past the coaches, they all looked back. <laughs> like, oh shit! Like okay. So yeah. then, so I knew that was my thing. So um, pro days went well. Um, the day of the draft, um, agent calls me and goes, "You should be getting a call." So um, I, I knew I was going to be undrafted. So I waited till all the rounds were done. Um, me, and my mom, and everyone's waiting. First day goes by, I don't get the call. Um, and then the second gate, second day goes by, I don't get the call. Um, and then at that moment, you kind of got a feeling it's probably not going to happen, but you have a little bit of hope. Um, and then obviously it didn't happen. So at that point. So so you said you were, he said you were going to go and draft her before, but like there's still a chance that somebody could pick you up and you have no idea. Like, you, so you, you're, you're definitely on, on the radar, right? For you, sure. You're on the yeah. radar for sure. But then, you know, there's a bunch of people on the radar and then there's just different factors as far as your school and all that type of stuff. So. When he called me and he kind of reassured me that I was going to get the call, I was like, okay, I'll be, I'll be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, either it's, un- it's going to be undrafted, but I'll be somewhere. Um, and then when you don't get it, it's kind of like, okay, what happened? 
but then in the, that business, you, you'll never know why you never got the call. It's just they just don't call you. Um, they don't give you a courtesy call. Um, they don't. Oh, man, we're going to go. different. You don't get any of that. It's just cold yeah. turkey. Just, they just don't call you. So um, after that, um, you kind of got to at that point, I'm like, now I go back to dang, Am I good enough? Yeah. Because um, the fact that like they don't like you don't know a reason why I think that could that would eat me alive. bro. I would be like. I just need to know, like, some closure on this shit because, like... Yeah, you know, like, yeah. tell me why you didn't so I can work on it, you yeah. know? Um, but you don't get that, so you kind of... You start... This is where the depression kind of comes in where you... Dang, am I good enough? So, for... I, I graduated in 2012. I didn't get my first shot until 2017. So, Damn. for five years, you got to choose if it's for you or it's not. So, for five years straight, um, working out every day twice twice a day um and then i'm doing different tryouts that cost a hundred bucks each so for five years nfl tryouts nfl yeah. um canadian football league ifl all i'm doing everything um so you guys do the math a hundred bucks a tryout for five years straight yeah so um my parents helped me out a lot obviously i wasn't working at the time so i was focused on football um but you kind of have to have that mental toughness at that point where i didn't have anything I was literally just working out just to kind of work out, but I knew I had to be in shape for something. Um, so 2017, um, I get invited to minicamp for CFL. That was my first shot. Um, I didn't get past minicamp. So then you go back to say, dang, am I good enough? Yeah. But those five, like, bro, five years is a long ass time. Yeah. So, like, what is that? Like, is it, what's your mindset like is it hard to get up like for the workouts like are you what are you going through at that point like mentally like it's like you're going through it's just the the thing you're going through is i don't even know if i should be doing this now i should be and then you start to when people are starting to do their own thing at that moment um your friends are starting to get jobs and doing that type of stuff and you're just kind of sitting on your mom's couch working out in the morning and doing whatever you start to feel like everyone's passing you by um, and all you're doing is just getting up to go work out, you know. So every time I would get up, I would have to find that motivation. And that's where that when people are telling me I'm not this, I'm not that. I would just I would I would have to at that point. Did did you notice a lot of people like kind of disappear when when you're kind of going through that? Like, yeah, like the my main people didn't, obviously. Um, but, yeah, you could you can kind of feel the shift. Like, yeah. Because sports is when you when you play in sports and you played it since you were eight. And you're good. Yeah, and you're good. Like people are, people are you. You people gravitate towards you because of because of that. Like, sure. I'm not naive to that fact. So when it did happen, you kind of feel people kind of just push away from you. Not in a, not like they were trying. Not like they're trying to be rude or mean to me or whatever. But you just you just feel it. And yeah. then as I'm there, I have my family and stuff. But then you feel alone. Like, okay, I will go. I will go work out for an hour. I will feel like I'm in my space. But when that hour's up, when I go back home, now nah, I'm not in that space. So you kind of got to sit with those, those uncertainties and those doubts you have, right? Yep, yep. And so, and then like I said, life is still going. So football's on. So now I'm. It took me a while, um, but I couldn't watch football for a long time. I I couldn't I couldn't watch a game. I didn't want to watch a game. Every time I would watch, and I felt like I felt like shit saying it, but I'm like, dude, I'm better than this dude. Why am I like sitting on the couch? So you start to like do that thing and i that was never me where i would hate on someone else ah, I'm, I'm 
how how, how did how did this guy get it and not me? So once I started feeling that, um, I knew I had to change something. Um, and that's crazy that you you that even though you do feel it, you notice it's like all right, that's that's not me. Like I can't you you know that's there's something wrong with that. Yeah, so like yeah. yeah, that thing is big, right? Like it it like I said it was just, uh, it was it just felt it just felt so bad at the moment. I just wasn't. I was pulling away from everyone. Um, Frankie at the time, uh, she was with me through the whole process. Uh, my family, I was um, more more closed in at that that moment in my life. Uh, was in the room majority of the time. I didn't go out much. I felt ashamed, you know. So people, I didn't. I don't think they were counting on me to make it, so they can you know live off me or whatever. But that was just that was everything that we talked about. Was Keith is going to the league? I'm going to the league. So. Um, when it didn't happen and football was my football is and it was my first love my love it's just like damn what did i do to deserve this yeah well you because you end up you end up do getting you get a call from the patriots at at one point right no so i get a call from saskatchewan rough yeah, riders yeah, yeah, yeah. for the cfl um went to a tryout um and then they called me two days later invited me to minicamp mm-hmm. so then you start to f- you know, started to get up for that. You yeah. started to feel it a little bit more. Um, and then I didn't make it past minicamp. I got cut. And then now I'm back at the house again. Yeah. You know, so um, you feel it's, it's so up and down and it's hard to. It's hard to stay confident in yourself in that moment because everything that you work for. is gone. I, 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 I wanted to make it to the league. I knew I could. And when you don't, make, when I didn't make it, because I mean, you were working out with those guys, I'm, like you were, you were kind of. I'm, I was keeping yeah. up with everyone, yeah. And the reassurance and the, and the and the all that stuff that was going on, it's like I'm not there, so why? And then I'm 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 Christian. I believe in God. And then at that moment, you're like, "Thank God, what did I do? I thought that if I did the right things, if if I did everything I was supposed to do, you're going to have my back." And it's like, dang, he didn't have my back. So even in that period, I kind of fell back from from that type from my faith and religion. At that point, I just felt like I was abandoned by the outside forces that be. Um, I did all I could, so I just needed a little bit more help, and I didn't. I felt like I didn't get it, and I felt like I deserved it at that moment. So it kind of just pushed me back um, from from all that stuff. So I I didn't go to church really. Um, not as much as I usually did. It's just kind of, I just kind of sheltered myself and push myself and, and close everything in. Um, and then, like I said, I got a, I got a shot and then I lost it again. So it's like kind of like that, that like a teeter totter where I'm up and I'm down, I'm up and I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get another call from the IFL. Um, so I get to go to um, South Dakota, my first team. Um, I was there for a little bit. Then I got cut from there. <laughs> so it's like, But is it like an unexpected thing? Is yeah, like- I, w- I was, at that moment, after the um, CFL, I was seventy five percent kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, I started training and working, so I wasn't um, invested um, all that into working out and all that stuff. So, um, and then all of a sudden, I get this call from IFL guy: "Hey, we want you. We like you. We saw your film. Blah blah blah." Boom! Sent me a contract right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'm okay. I'm back in the game, you know. So. Um, I'm locked in on that, and then I get cut again. Uh, so I have that feeling where, okay, now I'm just, I'm done, mm-hmm. right? So I come back home. A day later, Arizona Rattlers call me. 
Damn. So <laughs> it like happened quick. Yeah. So I fly out there and then I play. Um, I actually made I made the team and then I was playing for a little bit. Um, but at that point in my life, I just had my daughter, um, and my body just wasn't responding the way it used to. So mm-hmm. um, I just I it was probably not probably it was the hardest decision I had to make in that moment where I was just like I'm done. I finally got there where I was solidified on the team. I was starting and playing. Um, on a on a professional football team, and then I just went home back to my apartment and was like, I can't do this. Um, and that was probably that was the hardest decision I ever had to make in my life. Was I finally made it, and now I can't even do it. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't. I can't. Like, I had my daughter. I didn't want to be away from her. Um, my body wasn't responding the way it was supposed to, and now I'm in a place mentally where it's just like, where are you going from here? You know, like now you have to you have to choose between this and that at that moment. So um, it just was like, dang it, I got to let it go. Mm-hmm. I got to let it go. So, yeah. And I mean, that's crazy because like up to literally your entire life, bro, it's like that's what you do. That's mm-hmm. what you know. And that's who you are. And then from one day to the next, it's like, that's not what I do anymore. Yeah. Like, what do I? Yeah, it's an identity crisis, yep. bro. Like. It, it is. I, and like I said, football was, I I knew at the end of the day that I could always run back to football. Um, I had a football when I was four, a little nerf. That, that, was, that was my thing. So when I didn't have it or I had to step away from it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. So just not having that, um, that comfort zone where I knew at three o'clock from three to six, I knew I had, I knew I had football from, on Saturdays from 12 to four, I knew I had it, you know? So not having that, um, was an adjustment period. Like when I had my daughter who, who that love I had for football was the same love I had when she was born and with my son as well. Um, but even with that, it's, it's kind of like they're there, but dang, I wish I had, I wish I had that thing for myself, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, having to choose between that and then not having it and having to adjust and having to do the dad thing at that moment, um, and not be able to, um, have my, have my little thing that I had. Um, I, I went back to that depression stage, even having my daughter, I just felt like I was alone. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that moment, like I said, I had, I had Frankie there as well, my family, but I just felt like I just didn't have anything. Um, I had to, I had to, uh, it felt like I was kind of throwing away football. Like I was just throwing it to the wayside. Um, and I just, I, it didn't sit well with me for shoot 2020, at least four or five years where I was kind of like up and down. I was doing other things, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. Um, and so that's partly why I moved out here. Cause I wanted to be closer to Sophia and Brody and Frankie. I needed to have that in order for me to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just needed to be around people because if I wasn't, then I'm in my room thinking about football. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just, I don't know. It just, it was, it, it was this crazy thing for me because when you're in it, it's just like, okay, I got it. I'm in it. But when you're not, it's just like, and it's something that you can't just go get. I just couldn't go get football. Um, so it's just like, man, like, did I make the right decision? Like, do I need to go back? Do I need to try it again? Yeah. You know? So, um, not having it and then just wanting to be around my family and then trying to adjust to 
being a working guy was a big adjustment for me as well. Just um, having to bring the football mentality, but it's not the same arena. I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't go into work and say I'm the fucking best. <laughs> like, like you know, like yeah. this is not this is not the playing field. I can't just, I can't go to my boss and be like, hey, he just this, this dude can't fuck with me. I can't, you know, like yeah. So having to kind of adjust and like yeah. and do that is it's like, yo, like how do I how do I um, adjust to this environment and be my be myself, right? But I got there's a, I can't be the football guy, but I can be the football guy, mm-hmm. you know. So having to find that 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 line where all right, I can still be the football guy, but how do I translate it and transform it into workforce type type stuff and family man stuff yeah so you'd say definitely say it took you a while to make that shift away from <laughs> i want to say bro i'm i'm probably still not okay with not playing yeah. you know but I, I but it doesn't take a toll on me as much now um but i still have those thoughts in my head where i'll wake up and i'm just like damn i think i could have played at least three four more years probably um, I, I think I could have made it uh, to a higher spot if I gave myself more time. I have those thoughts, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect me as much as it used yeah. to. Um, I think I just started feeling like that a year ago, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a year ago where I could wake up and not feel like, dang, I need to go play football, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, just, it, it just, and like I said, I still deal with it, but having, you know, the family and doing that, doing that type of stuff, having them around, it helps a lot, but you always kind of in the back of my head. I'm like, uh, I was just watching the game right now, and just like, I could, <laughs> man. I still, I'm 32. I can, I got, I got some game in me yeah. left. But, it, but it's like, yeah. Now it's like in a joking manner yeah. instead of it being so serious. I can joke For about sure. it. I can yeah. joke about it now. And what is it? What would you say? I mean, obviously, time is a big factor mm. that help, kind of helped you. But what, is there anything, any other thoughts or anything that you think about that has helped give you grace with that and like just kind of. Because at least from my perspective, like just from seeing you and seeing your journey, like, first of all, it's, it's even heartbreaking for me, bro. Cause like, I understand, like, mm-hmm. I can't even, like, I can't, I can imagine, but I also can't imagine what that is like, because you literally you dedicate your whole life to this one thing. It's like, but at the same time looking at your journey, it's like, do you feel like you, you, you put a, you, you really gave it your all at in in a lot of ways like whether it was on the field or i feel like you you i feel like you did what you could you know and like sometimes like for whatever reason like it it could just be at that at that level it's like there's just so many good guys it's like all right luck of the draw at that point so it's just like but what 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 is your mindset what has helped give you grace as far as like just what what, what you think about about Mm, the biggest thing i can say is my kids um, because the love I had, I have for football is the same love I have for the kids and that they showed me. Um, like, I, like I said in the beginning, football, it never, it just loved me for me and it didn't, it didn't say anything. It just let me be me. And with kids, it's kind of that same thing. I could yell at them and do whatever. And two minutes later, I'm getting a hug from my son, you know? So th- it's that same love where that, my, that guy right there, Marquita, my dad, he can do no wrong. He can yell at me. He can do whatever. But at the end of the day, I know he loves me. Um, so having them around, it helps out a lot. I, that feeling that I got, I get from them. So I could, I can adjust a little bit in that. Um, I don't know if I didn't have them, if I would have that same, um, the same mindset I have now. Um, but like I said, just having them around makes it easier. Um, I'm not, 
I'm not going to work, coming home, me and Frankie doing our thing, but I'm not just sitting there with it. Mm-hmm. I have two other little people that are dependent on me. So I don't really have time to sit there and soak and like, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, I, it's like they need me. So if I am feeling depressed or if I am feeling away, get get up. You got to get up, you know. So um, having having them kind of just – it, I think it, it just, it just, you just have to. I don't know any other way to explain it. I just have to do it. There's no, ah, uh, man, man, Sophie, I don't feel like going to work, so I'm just gonna stay at the house. <laughs> you know, like, nah, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go get you nothing to eat. I'm, just, you know, so it's, yeah. it's those, it's that feeling where I have to. I don't have another choice. So it kind of pushed me to find that, that grace, um, find that um, feeling of being okay with it, um, because. Like I said, I got, I wake up, I got two little people. Hey, dad, what are we going to eat? Yeah. You know, like, hey, dad, can you give me a toy? <laughs> you know, so it's like, I can't say, no, mom, I want, or, no, no, mama, I want to go play football. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work out for football. And then my daughter's so smart, she would just straight up and say, well, you don't have a team to play football, dada. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they kind of keep you grounded, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, I just, like I said, I had to, and then it makes it easier with them around where, you know, just, I just have to find that, yeah that happy, that happy medium with it. For sure. Yeah. Would you say you're still, I mean, you're, you're very much on the journey of, um, because I think it's a never ending like thing where I still feel like you, you, you can find a completely different route that you're able to be just as gifted mm-hmm. as, as in, as you were in football. It's just a matter of like just finding that, you know, because yeah. I mean, you put in so much work to one thing. Like, I don't think because that one thing didn't pay off, like that that doesn't mean it's a waste. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that translates to other things, whether you know it or not. I feel yeah. like I mean, just I think it's just a matter of time, bro. And like just you kind of you still kind of being resilient, just like just keep on seeing what it is that you kind of feel like you have to offer because i mean i'm sure you coach too right like yeah. I, does that does that kind of give you when when you're coaching does that kind of give you some of the same feelings yeah too? so that get so coaching and training give me that feeling um like i said i always want to help people so being able to do it in sports it it, it helps me i was able i'm able to be around it still i'm able to help people grow i'm able to show them and and give them some little tips and tricks that i didn't get to get Mm -hmm. um and that's that feeling i get um where i'm kind of fulfilled in that in that in that kind of sense so training um helping kids and and kind of when i was growing up we didn't have a lot of money so with five of us there's no way that i can get the extra training it's expensive i guess five of us we all can't do it um so now when i do train i don't i hardly ever like to charge but when i do it's it's something so light where i want everyone to be able to come and get Mm -hmm. what i didn't get um because i just feel like i feel like that's my purpose now is to be able to help um anyone who wants to help just to come in and i can just give them any anything that i have i'm gonna give to them um so having the facility out in california and doing that thing i knew in that moment okay this is where this is something that i want to do i know i could coach i want to train um, I want to be able to help kids kind of reach their potential um, because I didn't get it. I was self-taught. Um, and I don't think it's because people didn't want to, whatever the circumstances was. Um, but I want I want to be that stop where, okay, when someone gets to wherever they want to go, Coach Keith is one of the guys that 
I can remember where he helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. I want that to be the story for myself when I when I'm gone and it's all said and done. I want it to be a like Coach Keys or Keys. He always was there for this person, that person, that person, that person. So that's always kind of been where I've been at in my life. Is I want to help as many people as I can, um, and and I don't want to keep everything that I have knowledge, whatever. I want to give it out to whoever whoever I can. So um, having that fulfills me in a sense where. Even if I'm not doing it for myself, I can live vicariously through 150 kids that yeah. you know that I come across, 200 kids that I come across where I see them on TV and it's like, for sure. I, I hope I hoped I had a little bit into what was going on with yeah. them. So a lot. I mean, I I still think about. I mean, coaches that I still think about to this day were like I can, I can look back and mm-hmm. like think like that they were there for me when they would open up the gym for me like on a random ass yeah. Sunday, like just, just so I can go like get yeah. better, you know? And that's, I mean, I still, I have them in my heart forever. Yeah. So like, I think that's, I mean, that's big. So would you say that's like your ultimate goal to yeah, kind and, of, and you, I'm glad you touched on that. Cause that's like the important thing is I, I think out of my whole playing career, I think I got like three or four coaches where I can look back and be like, I love them because they did so much for me. Um, and I think you need those people like outside of your family and your parents or whatever, you need to be able to leave the nest and go out and have a couple of people, uh, adults that you can run to and talk to and know outside of my dad and mom, this person has my back. Um, so that's kind of, that's what I want to be. I want to be the guy they call Hey, can you open the gym. Yeah, I got you. I'll come over mm-hmm. there in a little bit. I'll open the gym for you. Uh, hey, can you come do this? Yeah, I'll come do it. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be that guy. Um, and I knew after football in order for me to be, okay with not playing i needed to be a part of it still mm-hmm. um coaching whatever i just need to be i just need to be in there um so i could give my two cents and um i i think i understand it a little bit more than someone else because of my experiences uh the good and the bad so i can kind i can give a kid that i can let them know okay this is what you're supposed to do and this is what you're not supposed to do in high school i didn't work out I got a scholarship, but I could have went somewhere maybe a little bit better. Um, so this is what you shouldn't do. Um, don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. Do that. So I have I have about four or five coaches that I had in my life, but I want to be one of the four or five guys for somebody else. Where okay, Coach Keys, I know I can call him. Sure, I want to be the guy where they out at the party. Hey, Coach Keys, can you come pick me up? <laughs> I want to be that guy. Like hey, call like just let me know what's up. Let me know what whatever you need. If I can do it, I'm gonna do it. Like I, yeah. like I think that's. I, I know that's going to fulfill me for the rest of my life is just being able to be called on by as many people as possible. Like I can count on keys. Um, one of the biggest things that I pride myself in is being loyal mm-hmm. is loyalty, um, loyalty and understanding. Um, so those are my two things where if, if you're rocking with me, I'm rocking with you. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm a patient understanding dude. And I want that to kind of be the feel um, for people who come across me, like I, I want to, I want you to understand what I'm going through, but I want to be able to understand what you're going through, and help you get through whatever you're going through. Um, you know, I, I have, you know, I, I'll, I'll push you in whatever direction I can, but I just want to be, I just want to be that guy for whoever. For sure, I think that's, I mean, just being able to pass down whatever knowledge you have, and just, and so many people, like especially young men nowadays, bro, like. I feel like there's a real shortage of like good role models. Yep. Like legit, like, I mean, obviously there's people like you see like on 
like there's people you see like playing like sport or like mm. on tv and shit but like for the most part i look around and like there's definitely a big problem with like a lot of people not having good role mo- role models around them and i think that's big like that's kind of what that's kind of what i aspire to be too mm. at the same time like even though i'm still a little bit younger like i just see that there's especially with like I don't know, just men in general, like, especially my age or younger, like, some real problems, bro. Like, people are really struggling yeah. with a lot of things. So, I think, like you said, just being there for, yeah. for somebody. It's so different now for y'all growing up. Like, when we was growing up, you had to be outside. So, you met people, you know. So, there's different experiences that you experience outside. Like, grow- like now people growing up, it's everyone's inside. Everyone's on social media. So, you lose that where you can go outside and the OGs is outside and they may be seeing you doing something wrong. And then that one guy comes up to you and says, Hey, hey, young, hey, young, you can't, you know, can't be doing that. And then you, you take that and then they keep doing it. You know, they keep trying to have your back and doing whatever. And so those are the people where you just kind of randomly meet yeah. sometimes. Right. Obviously in football, you kind of meet those adults, but then there's people that you just kind of meet on your way um and they're just they just kind of you kind of attach yourself to them so outside of like my dad i got my i got milk i got male people that i can look up to and talk to and whatever um and and do that type of thing so just being able to um i i kind of when i'm training i i get people off of that internet not being outside thing i'm Mm -hmm. i'm trying to give them hey bro like go do this go be outside go Mm -hmm. do that type of thing because you get to meet people like it's cool to be on the internet. It's all fun. I get it. You know, I'm on the internet too. I get it. But if you don't go outside, nothing on the internet is real. So you never meet. You never feel like you got some real interaction on the internet. You know, yeah. like from that, from that, that. Well, yeah, for sure. I think what what I notice is like, I think people like in like uh in around your generation, around your age group, you guys are on the internet, but you're not so much like, you're not fucking attached to it, and you're not. Uh, you can kind of separate mm-hmm. yourself from it and you kind of understand the boundaries. And I feel like a lot of like your, yeah, you're just not so heavily invested yeah. in it as much as like for us, I feel like that's literally our world. Like yeah. people, they, they attach so much self-worth and so much of their self-esteem and confidence and just everything just based on social media and the internet. And it's like, it's definitely taking a toll on a it, lot of people. It, bro. Yeah. And it's like, you do that right, like I said, I, t- I tell the young dudes all the time. If you go outside, whatever you see on the internet is not real. Go yeah. outside, and the pe- now all the people on the internet, the trolls, whatever. If you if you can just see them outside, I guarantee you it's different. It's For just sure. it's just different. Yeah, it's a different feel when you're when you're face to face with someone and you're having that interaction. It's just different. So like like it, you know the the um, the bullying on social media and all that type of stuff. It's like, turn your phone off and go outside and go talk to people. And it's the, it's just it, the life is di- the talk is different. The feel is different. No one acts like that in real life. For sure. Nobody acts like Nobody. that. Nobody. See, I always think about like if, if social media, if like, and this could happen, like if, if for whatever reason, like the power grid shut off or like whatever the fuck and like the service shut down and like there is no fucking social media, like that would just be an imaginary mm-hmm. world. And we'd be in reality and we'd like a lot of the things that are, we worry about so much are like so important on social media. When you step out of that and you're in the real world, it's like, 
literally what, what there's there's no followers there's, there's no there's nothing right like it's just it's it's the connections you have with yep. like the people around you and just really the relationships you you've built mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's insane it, to think about yeah mm-hmm. it's just, like i said growing up I, we and on the block you knew all the kids mm-hmm. like the neighbor the you knew everybody so when now you can go down the street. No one's outside. Nobody. It's summertime and everyone's, no one's outside. I barely know my neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it is so weird. It's like, like I said, I'm outside and we're in summer and stuff and the sun's out and you're going through at nine o'clock and you go out, I go out to wash my car. No one's outside. It's like, damn, like what happened? Like, why mm-hmm. isn't anyone trying to enjoy? <laughs> I can't even walk outside and say what's up to my neighbor. Cause they're not outside, <laughs> yeah. you know? So like no one knows you. Everyone's so, um, to themselves and it's just so like man so i i like to bring that feeling when someone's around me is like look this is what outside feels like <laughs> you know like if you're not on the internet and people are saying whatever this is what real life is yeah. like i i am i'm a joke we're gonna do whatever we're gonna have fun um i'm tough we could do whatever like i this is just what outside is there's so many different aspects of just being outside and For different sure. people you know so yeah I tell I tell the young boys all the time when they come to me like, we'll have you know I I talk real with them like high school stuff like all right what you doing tonight it's Friday what you doing, now nah, I'm just gonna be outside in the game I'm like bro like it's Friday the girls probably gonna be out like what you doing like you know what I'm saying like yeah. I I talk to them like that like dude it's Friday night you should not be on the game at 17 on Friday night unless yeah. you if you're making money whatever but you should not be inside on the yeah. internet on Friday night at 17 go do something bro. Yeah. And and um when I was growing up, our culture would have barbecue. So I want to be that guy. Like, hey, look, Saturday, everyone come over to the house, team come over, we're gonna do whatever, have fun. Just to bring that feel in where, hey, look, this is what you're supposed to be doing at any age is being with your friends. Live, like, living in the real world. In bro. the real <laughs> world, because when when high school is over, if you go to college or not, um, that's when college is when the real world starts if you go but working once high school is over and you graduate you have to live in the real world your boss doesn't care if you have a thousand followers on the internet all they care about is when you come in you clock in you do your job and you go home um so if you don't have if you're not learning that growing up it's hard to be in that environment after that period and i think that's where a lot of the young boys and young girls kind of fall short is they're inside, they're doing their thing in high school. They're sh- kind of sheltered. Their mom and dad's there. But when it's time to kind of go out, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to talk to anybody. They don't know how to approach a girl. They don't know how to approach a guy. They, like, they don't know like, how to do nothing, bro. And I'm just like, yeah, even now, I even the, we go outside and I, I'll wave at someone. And they just look at me. Yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, like, what's up? Like, it's, it's cool to say it's cool to do that. And yeah. so. You know, it's just like, man, you look and it's like, damn, like every it's just it's just different. And with the with the mental health part is so prevalent now, I think because of that, it's like you don't get to experience all the different aspects of life, the good, the bad, the mad, the sad, the frustrated, the happy, the whatever. Like you don't get to experience that. So you don't you don't know how to um, you don't know how to embrace it or or fight it when it happens. So I think a lot of that when it comes in, when people are depressed people start to feel away they just don't know how to combat it they're this this new to them and so they don't know how to do it but then the people that they talk to don't really know how to do it and so now they're just there you know so um obviously i got depressed when i was doing football but i knew if i went and talked to someone or i just went outside 
it wasn't real, you know. Um, I know I needed it, but I knew if I just did something, it just wasn't it wasn't as bad as I was making it out to be. Um, so I think that that feeling of just kind of like, you know, going being in a fight at a young age, it teaches you something. It's not I mean, you don't want to fight people, but it teaches you something. If you have to be in that spot, it teaches you something. So being in arguments or joking with your friends or losing a girl, like all that stuff teaches you something. So if you don't if you don't feel it at any moment in your life and when you get to 19, 20, 21 and that's when you start to feel it, you're kind of behind. It's going to shake your. It's yeah, gonna it's going to shake you yeah. up. And then, like you said, a lot of these kids have that have that that the, the mental health and depression they're getting at 22 23 24 25 because they just don't everything's so new and then they're by the majority of them are by themselves usually so they don't get to go and just run back to mom and dad like help me you know so yeah well that that's kind of where i was at bro like when when i first went to college like i had played mm-hmm. basketball up to that point and it's like i i did have opportunities to play um but it was like a JUCO and then like some D3s. It was, but it was just like, for whatever reason, I was kind of, I don't know. I I guess I just chose the academic route because I had some like academic uh, scholarships mm-hmm. and stuff. And I had really wanted to go to Arizona State. So I ended up just going, like just kind of um, stopping basketball. But at the time, like I just didn't realize like until I started feeling like re- fucking super anxious and depressed like i didn't realize that that decision had affected me more than it yeah more than i would have thought Mm -hmm. just because that's all i did you know and so like when when i was finally kind of got to college and like the first semester i was good because like you're meeting a bunch of new people you're going out everything but once you start to set in it's like all right yeah i'm going to i'm going to school i'm going to classes but like what else bro like what i i was hooping for a while and like It's just you you kind of don't even you have it's it's almost like my purpose was just kind of like I didn't have any purpose mm-hmm. like and, and it, it almost felt like whatever I was doing, even though I was going to school, I was just I was still kind of selling myself short because I was just kind of going to school just because that was a thing to do. Like that was what I was supposed to do. But I wasn't really um, I wasn't really taking control and like really figuring out what it is that I really wanted to do. I was just kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. of what was going on but just back to your point when i when i finally like felt those feelings of like anxiety like i started getting like just panic attacks and shins like i didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. and it it fucked me up for a while so i'm sure that's what a lot of people kind of go through mm -hmm. right yeah go through the same shit yeah i I think there's stages of that you know i think you what what i was feeling I, i didn't i didn't get to the panic attack part of it it's just without when i was feeling depressed i just knew okay this is why I knew I was depressed, but I knew that it wasn't the toughest thing that I've been through. So I knew I could get through it um, because I've been through other things in life. So I think that's kind of that's the thing where it's OK to go through stuff. It's OK to be vulnerable. It's OK to um, um, be transparent with yourself and other people about just what you've been through, because you'll never know when you need to kind of pull back from that experience. And go back, okay, um, like I said, football, I lost it. But I remember when in college I didn't have food to eat for uh, money and all that stuff for a month. So it's like, is this really the hardest thing I've been through? Probably not. So I could soak in it a little bit. But 
you've been through tougher, mm-hmm. you know. So I I think people people need that. It doesn't have to be super drastic. You don't have to lose your home or whatever, but just something where you had to fight back. For you sure. Know? So even if it's a fight versus someone, if it's whatever, you don't have money for this for a week. Okay, you don't have it, but what you gonna do to get out of it? For you're sure. gonna sit in your room and you're gonna whatever and just wait for it to happen, or yeah. or you, you know, or you're just gonna be depressed. But you can be, you can soak and be depressed and do your thing. But how are you gonna fix it in the moment? Because just sitting there and waiting for it to happen is probably not the best decision to make. Um, but not having experiences to pull back from, it kind of puts you in that place where. Ah man, like you get depressed and then you start to feel it and then you start to go up. It starts to go up a little bit more and then it's like you said, the panic attacks and those things start to you start to kind of feel that like the world is kind of closing in on you um, because it's just you're just there in that moment. Um, so it's just like man, I, I just to go back. I that's why I want to be that guy where let me call Coach Keith real quick. Hey Coach, I'm going through this. What do you think I should do? Hey, when I did what when I happened to me, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, or hey, man, my boy, when I he, when we talked about it, this is what he did, you know, so being able to call somebody and just like I love my dad. I love my mom. But when you're going through stuff, they're not like they're not the first people you, you know, you're not you, you don't. They're not the best people to call. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm not I'm not about to call my dad about this right now. Like, OK, who can I call that's like, hey, Keith, this is what you should be doing and give me the real. I don't, don't sugarcoat it. Hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing right. This is what you should change, blah, blah, blah. Um, so having having that person or people, whatever, that helps with going through that type of stuff. Like you've been gone ASU. It's like um, being there by yourself, not having hoops. It's like, okay, I know I got to go through it, but who can I call? Who Who is this? Who is that? Who Who can help me like just mentally prepare for the aspect of, just being a college student. Like, how many people... I don't even know too many people that were just college students that I can call on. It's like that little stuff. Like, mm-hmm. if I just went to school right now, who can I call on? Like, hey, bro, how was the experience like? You know? Yeah. So, it's like... But how do you meet those people without going outside and meeting those people? Like, you'll never know on the internet. So, it's yeah. like just having things that you can pull back from people yeah. you can... You know, people those, you can that ex- Those experiences, that's huge. The experiences that you can draw back from and look back. Because, like, now that I've kind of overcome, like, obviously, I still deal with, like, anxiety um, here and there. But, like, me thinking back into to the times where it was, like, really fucking bad, mm-hmm. like, really bad. I can look back on, the like, now I look back on what I was able to, like, kind of go through and the fact that I was able to kind of overcome that. When I feel, like, some adversity now, it's like, oh, I went through this shit, like, and it was way worse than this bro so like it was crazy because after i kind of like got got back on my feet after mm-hmm. like what what I, what i went through and shit i was all like bro if i can get through this i can get through i can do anything i want to do because nothing's worse than this yeah what i just went through right now so i mean maybe it could be worse but i don't know it was it was pretty yeah. bad so it was just like i i think i can get through it a, a lot and anything at this point because I like you said, like those those experiences to draw from are, are yeah. really big, bro. For sure. How, how did you um, kind of come to grips with it? With you kind of knowing that it was anxiety and depression, and how did you kind of just like, okay, this is what it is. I I always struggle with 
kind of saying that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was weak when I would say, even a little bit now, Frankie, would, oh, you're a little anxious. I'm like, nah, I'm not fucking, mm-hmm. fuck that. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? I'm not anxious. <laughs> the hell? I'm cool. Like, I'm chilling. Yeah. And I kind of have to, like, remind myself it's not a bad thing to feel that yeah. way. Um, but you don't, you don't want to let it kind of take over, take, take yourself over whatever. For but sure. How did you kind of just know, okay, this is what it is. How do I fix it? Yeah. So I always try to, cause that's a big thing, right? With, with being a man and like, just, there's definitely, um, there's, there's definitely a perception out there. Like we shouldn't really talk about these type of things, mm-hmm. right? We shouldn't. And even if we do experience anxiety, like depression, like you're really going to acknowledge it. Like, come on now. Like you're like, you gotta be tough. Like, like people you, look at you like, like you, you gotta be the rock, bro. Like mm-hmm. you, um, so even even I do still struggle with like kind of sharing that type of stuff, but I I guess the reason why is like I talk about it is because I I never looked at it as like as an excuse, mm. and like I I never want to look at it as something that's kind of held me back. If anything, it's just it's kind of it's kind of made me who I am today in a way. So it, it's it's even though it's it's not something kind of nobody really wants to admit, right? My thing is, is like everybody goes through it and like some people go through it worse than you and some people kind of go through the same exact shit you're going through. So um, if that's the case and like, why are we, why are we all kind of suffering in silence because of it? You know, if that's not to say like we should talk here and like just kind of complain about it and just like, um, like you said, like soak in it and just like, just kind of let it dictate how our lives are going to go from here on out no it's just a matter of understanding why it's there and where it comes from and how are you going to like get better and how are you going to get past it and how are you going to use it to kind of build you into a stronger person because of it you know so uh, i think it's just i think i've always wanted to understand why i feel these things Mm. so i guess talking about it kind of helps me out a little bit um but yeah for sure like i I talk about it, but I never want to, I, I've never looked at it as, as an excuse for why I wasn't able to do something or why, because at the end of the day, like people are counting on you, you know, yeah. like people, um, you, you have to be there for people and you're, you're not, you can't like life's hard, bro. Like things are going to happen. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a matter of if, if I'm able to if I was able to overcome those type of things, like I think it, it could really help someone if I just share that because I mean, like, like I said, a lot of people go through that shit. So I, I kind of went ramble a little bit, but yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I struggle with that. Even now, shoot, I think the kids kind of made me a little softer, but shoot, I, I cried a lot more these last maybe two years than I've ever <laughs> cried. You know, like I want sometimes I just wake up and I look at the kids and I just have some tears flowing down, you know? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting better at the, um, that emotional side, staying kind of in tune with it and in touch with it. Um, but it's been a work in progress. Like I said, I people, oh man, you feeling this? Like, nah, what the hell? Don't put that <laughs> shit on me. Like, I'm, I'm chilly, bro. I'm yeah. a little sad right now, but I'm all right. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. like, Frankie told me with that, just being able to kind of just, um, being a, yeah, okay, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm not tough or I'm a bitch or whatever. It just, it's just a feeling that you have, and like you're saying, just kind of feeling out why you have why you have that feeling, and then kind of fixing it in, yeah. the, in the moment. So I think that's the biggest thing is like it, it it says more that you're able to 
because at the end of the day, if you if you suppress all these emotions, you suppress everything, it's going to come out in yeah. some way at some point, and it's probably not going to be um, that good mm-hmm. for you. It's it's but it's it's you're not always going to hold it down. Like it's always going to rear its head in some way, whether it's like you lashing out at someone or you you just finally cracking and you just so I think what people should understand now, especially men, is like. Um, it's an emotion just like everything else, right? It's the anxiety, like just feeling depressed from time to time. But um, you got to understand why you're feeling it. Yeah. And part of being a man is actually like figuring it out mm. at that point. And it, it's, it definitely helps if you can reach out to other people that have been through it. It kind of help you yeah. kind of navigate through that. Um, but yeah, eventually, as long as you're able to kind of pull yourself out, um, I think that's the main thing. And we're, we're, there's always going to be ups and downs, mm-hmm. right? Like nobody's ever just on, nobody's ever just riding this like ridiculously like high wave the whole time. It, there's always just going to be like ebbs and flows in life. But I think it's just learning how to navigate that and not letting your, um, I guess, emotions just kind of run crazy. You know, I yeah. think. But yeah. Yeah, man. So, what what is something that uh you you would like? What's advice you would give to like a young dad, like who's gonna have a kid, or who's um what's something that you would tell them, or just something you've learned through you being a father in the last what like four, how old is Sophia? Four five years, five years. Yeah, five years now. So, you when you first get into it, you think this, you think it's like this big old algorithm where you kind of got to figure out, but it's just simple. Um, just be there. It's they're not really looking for you to do anything other than be there. Um, my daughter is, is, she talks and she does that thing. And all she ever wants me to do is play with her. Dad, I come draw. Dad, I come see this. Dad, I come watch this. It's never, Dad, can you give me that? Dad, can, it's like, Dad, I come see this. Come see what I'm doing. Come play with me. Yeah, come that's what Frankie's for. Come give me this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it's, like, it's always just, Dad, I come, come play. Dad, yeah. can I come sit with you? Dad, can I come, can yeah. I get in the car and drive with you? Like, Dad, where are you going? Can I go? It's so, it's like, when you when you when you're in it, anyone who's about to have a kid or is having kids or whatever, just be there. Um, I at the you figure out when you're having them, um, if you're with the person you have your kids with or not. In the moment, it's it however long you're with the kids, eighteen years, nineteen, whatever, until they're until they're, everything's gone, they're yours. You know, so the only thing that you can do is be there for them, um, no matter what you have going on in your life. When you see your kids, you got to be able to just be there. And they appreciate that more than anything you can ever do. The richest person to the poorest person, be there, um, acknowledge them, and just make sure that you put them ahead of everything else. And then everything else seems to fall into place. Like, you know, Sophia don't know the, the, the newest toy to the oldest toy. She don't <laughs> care. She just... Dada, can you give me this? And it's like, she don't she don't care if I get it today or a month from now. You know, they don't really care about they don't care about that stuff. It's just I know when I'm there though, and I don't acknowledge her and when she wants me to, I can tell that she gets sad. I can tell that she kind of feels like I don't want to play with her or I don't like her. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like you always gotta be in the moment with them around because that's I think that's kind of the biggest thing for them is as they're growing up, they just know dad is going to be there and i know that doesn't take any type of money doesn't take anything but just self 
um, I guess just me knowing and just that motivation. Okay, I have to be there. No, like no matter what, um, no matter what's going on with my life, when I get home at five o'clock and I walk through those doors, I got to be there on the weekend when they wake up. I got to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, young, young guys. And I think that's a that's just a that's one of my life lessons is just be in the whatever moment you're in. Just be there. Um, because you never know when it's going to go. You never know how long it's going to be there. So when you're in the moment, be in that moment. Um, and then whatever happens after that, you'll be in that moment. Um, and so on and so forth. So I've had to adjust to that as well as you kind of, you want to plan out and you want to make sure everything is fine three, four, five, six years from now. Um, but then I think you miss out on the now you start to kind of push past whatever's going on. And then, you miss things that, like I said, my kids are doing or whatever, just life is going on. You kind of miss it. And then those are the things that they remember, like the the the, the games and the, the like I said, the drawings that she the paintings that she does, the the it's just anything picking her up from school, just little stuff. And this is like they remember that more than you buying her the newest clothes and mm-hmm. the newest shoes that. Like, I haven't got so few shoes in a bit, and she don't even know. She, like, I'll buy her some Jordans, and she don't, like, oh, okay, Dad, these are cool. Yeah. But then she's wearing the the bummy shoe, you yeah. know? Like, it's like, she don't care. It's like, yeah. but then, like I said, if I'm not there or I'm gone for a long time, it's just like, Dad, where'd you go? Yeah. Dad, what were you doing? Dad, why'd you leave me? It's like, then yeah. she has a bunch of other questions. So um, just being there, um, just being present and being in the moment and just letting them know that you love them. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, I think that's what everyone wants is just being, just knowing that no matter what, there's somebody that, that loves them unconditionally. So yeah, fathers just be there, man. Um, and then just life in general, God, just be there for just, sure. Just be in the moment. And w- what would you say to, if you were to say, um, anything to someone who's kind of, uh, it doesn't have to be football, but maybe something that somebody has been working towards for a while and, it didn't necessarily pan out the way they. It didn't necessarily pan out the way they may have envisioned to start with or to begin with, um, and it's taken a toll on them. You you went through that, so how how what would you say to them, and how would how would you say they they'd be able to overcome that what they're feeling? Um, be, outside of finding people that you can talk to, I'm not a big talker, so I don't want to. I don't want to say go talk to someone cause I'm, that's not really my thing either. Um, but what I can say is uh, a big thing that I tell myself every day, I have it written on my, my um, vision board is you're the best. Um, I think those three words kind of dictate how my day is going to go. I could be feeling a way about how they're treating me at work or whatever, but I know that, there's nobody better than me at what we're doing. Give it your all. And then eventually the thing that you want to do is going to move over and translate into something else that you didn't even know that was coming. You know, so you, the thing that you're working towards, you want to put your all into it and you want to, like I said, be there in the moment. You want to be, um, you just want to be present in that moment. You don't, don't be the guy that's, just rude and mean and and whatever you're going through, you're taking it out with you. Be in the moment and just remember that no matter what's going on, there's people watching you every, 
everywhere. So you may not be the next CEO of this company of Amazon, but the Google guy is watching you. You don't know where and how, but I'm telling you, someone's watching you and you never know who that person knows. So um, best thing for me, the advice I give, I, I like to give everyone, my youngins, is, is by yourself, feel how you're going to feel. Soak in it if you need to, cry if you need to. But when you leave the room and there's people around you, remember that whatever you're doing, there's people watching you and you're the best. And take that with you wherever you go. The trash man, the Dairy Queen flipper, burger, burger guy, the CEO of Amazon. There's one, every title that I just named, yes, there's levels to it, but everything is a job. Everyone has a job, no matter where you're at in life. But the thing that people um, fa- uh, fail to realize is when you're in the moment and you say, oh, I'm, I'm just the guy that flips burgers, right? But there's people around you. There's the manager that's always there. There's the, the, um, the rep that always comes in every now and then. There's people that come in and watching you, right? So when you're feeling like that, it translates and people see it. That's the energy. People, people feel that energy from you and then it translates. But... There's a flip side to that is where I'm the best burger flipper there in the world. Like I used to compete with the timer that they had. I didn't get paid no extra money, bro. It's, oh, okay. I got, uh, I'm doing, I'm getting this done in 20 seconds. <laughs> like that's what, that's what I was feeling. Like I, I didn't, they didn't give me no extra money, no bonuses. I just knew, okay, if that thing hits a minute, I lost, Yeah. you know? So like, that's like, that's my thing. It's just, you gotta be the best. I don't. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just be the best. And then everything else will fall into place. Um, I, I would I think everyone would like to do what they want to do, obviously. Um, but not everyone has that luxury. So but if you kind of if you are preparing yourself for the moment, um, it could be the moment that you are envisioning or a moment that someone else is envisioning for you. But you have to be prepared for whatever moment it is. So um, my thing is my those three words is you're the best. Um, So figure out what that is. Um, Figure out how that translates for you in whatever you're doing. Um, And now on those words, that phrase is translatable anywhere for me, I believe. It's just you got to know when to use it and how to use it. Like I said before, I couldn't go to my workplace and say, this dude can't fucking guard me because there's there's no one guarding me. (laughs) This dude can't call me, coach. Hey, 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 boss, he can't fuck with me. I can't go in there and say that, right? Because, like, what what are you talking about? Like, there's no one guarding you. But there's another way you say that when you walk into the building. Like, hey, you just, hey, yeah, I got all my stuff is done already. I'm done with everything. You know, yeah. so it's like that feeling where you just walk in and they just know I'm going to get 100 percent, 110 percent from this this girl boy. Every time they walk in, I know I can count on this this person right yeah. here. So, um, yeah, just just that phrase. Write it down somewhere. Like I said, I got it on my vision board. Um, that's the that, every time I'm doing something, I always feel like someone's watching me. I always feel like someone's trying to be better than me. So. I just I'm I just gotta be better than you. I gotta be better than you. There's just every everyone. Anytime you see me, you know that Keith is gonna give you. Okay, I gotta make sure I'm on my A game when I'm around Keith. Because if not, he's gonna make me look like I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And I I can walk in a room and not know anything about whatever is going on. But when when we there, it's gonna feel like I know everything. <laughs> you I, you know I, I want you want people to feel that like when you go into these new different um, these lanes and these moments as you're feeling, 
you want people to feel like, all right, I don't know who this person is, but oh, they got something. There's something about them that I just need to, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be around. I gotta talk to them. Um, and I think it's just more of that self confidence where you kind of border that line of confidence, cocky ish, but it's more just I know that what I what I bring to the table is what I, not a, what a lot of people don't bring that feeling for it, you know. So um, just always have that. Always have that. I'm the best. I'm better. Um, I feel like I do a lot um, for for whatever is going on. You just have to have that feeling like I just know what I bring. And I don't think there's anyone in the world who brings what I'm bringing. And there could be. But you want that feeling where you elevate the room and people know as soon as you walk in that motherfucker mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. He got, you know, he got some to him. So just have that feeling. Just just be the best. And yeah. and if you have that confidence, it. You'll have your downs and your whatever, but it it'll you always kind of um, rejuvenate and always kind of get that energy back. Where no matter what, as soon as I get to where I'm going, I'm gonna be the best at it. So that's 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 my that's my phrase and my words that yeah. I use daily. Yeah. You're the best. I like that. You're the best. And fuck it, even if it's not in football, you still it, say this dude can't fuck with me, man. And you walk into the Amazon spot and he can't pack like me, bro. I don't know why you got it. Like this bro can't load the shit like me. Like it's just you gotta have that. So where people say, this dude over here can't drive like me. I just got done with my whole route in four hours. He can't fuck with me. You know, so had that. Sure. Had nah, that. Almost death. Well, yeah, man. <clears throat> The camera died on us, but okay. it's all good. We still got the audio. Well, right. um, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good combo, man. I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this I, shit, I man. You, big dog. Yeah, this is uh, shit episode 14, the most vulnerable player uh, with Marquis Sumter. Um, man, you have a, a good story, a great story, bro, and I'm, I'm glad like you were able to share it. And um, I definitely. I definitely look up to in a lot of ways, whether like you know that or not, but I definitely, um, I think you, you set like a really good example for just, uh, even me or just even like you said, a lot of the people that, um, that you kind of help out and you kind of lead through the way. So just kind of keep doing you, bro. I like you still, there's still so much to be done and there's the, the future's bright for sure. Appreciate you big dog. Appreciate you. But, um, Yeah, man. We'll see you next time on the MVP. That's it.